Notice anything different? That's right. No ad. Which means this space is available. So if you have a company or brand or product or anything really that you'd love to promote on 30 Pop, this is your chance. Just shoot me an email at the link in the show notes and I'll give you all the relevant details. Now, on to 30 Pop. Hello? Nathan, hey man, it's Luke. Hi, buddy. Hey man, do you remember when we were nine years old, we went together to the movie theater to see Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade? I absolutely do. Man, that was one of my favorite movies. I remember coming out of that movie, and at that point, every movie I saw became my favorite movie, but that one like held the spot for a long time. Me too, because it was so epic. And it spoke to me as a little boy. You know, it was awesome. Yeah, incredible. So it's turning 30 years old, and May 10th through the 12th, there is a comic festival in Houston, Comic Palooza, and I'm going to be doing a live episode of 30 Pop at Comic Palooza, looking back 30 years at Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Wow. So you are invited, as are all of the folks who listen to this podcast, to Comic Palooza. 2019, May 10th through the 12th in Houston for a live recording of 30 Pop. Wow. Hey, what a great excuse to be dressed up, man. I'm, I'm in. Perfect. All right, man. Well, we're going to start this week's episode now. So I'll talk to you soon. Have fun, man. Thanks. Later. See ya. From Milieu Media Group, this is 30 Pop, a weekly peek back at the music, movies, sports, fashion, politics, and news from 30 years ago. I'm your host, Luke Braun. This is Season 1, Episode 7, and the Oscar goes to... Today we're looking back at the week that ended Saturday, April 1st, 1989. Hello friends and fellow lovers of late 80s nostalgia, welcome to Episode 7 of 30 Pop. When I first had the idea for this podcast in the middle of 2017... My intent was to start in January of 2018 and spend the first year looking back at 1988 as it was a year filled with some of my absolute favorite childhood movies. But because I was already producing so many other shows at the time, I had to delay things a full year until I could find the margin to add this show to my roster. So I've been really excited to get to today's episode, looking back at the 61st Academy Awards, which took place 30 years ago this week, as many of those favorite movies from 1988 were nominated. This is one of the only chances I'll get to talk about some of them, so I'm excited to do it. But first... Here's what else was happening in the world 30 years ago this week. Unsurprisingly, if you've been listening for a while, the number one album in the country, once again, for the fourth straight week, perhaps my friend Stephanie Kay's all-time favorite album, Electric Youth by Debbie Gibson. The number one single in the country was the very hokey ballad by the Bangles, Eternal Flame, the music video for which I've linked in the show notes for this episode. In sports... Michigan beat Seton Hall 80-79 in overtime, winning the 51st NCAA Men's Basketball Championship. Pitcher Oral Hershiser ends a remarkable streak of 59 consecutive scoreless pitched innings. The NHL allows its very first hockey players from the Soviet Union into the league. And Sports Illustrated shocks the world with an expose on Pete Rose's controversial and career-ending gambling. I cared about exactly zero of those things, though, at the time, and I'm only slightly more interested now, 30 years later. 
One fun thing that happened this week in 89 was the premiere of the TV show Quantum Leap, starring Scott Bakula as time and space-traveling physicist Dr. Sam Beckett, and Dean Stockwell as his womanizing, cigar-smoking, holographic best friend Al. I didn't watch the show faithfully as a kid, but I did love it when I got to see it, and I'm fairly certain I'd still love it today. As weird as it was, trust me when I tell you it wasn't nearly as strange as the 1989 Academy Awards 11-minute musical opening in which actor Rob Lowe and a woman dressed as Snow White sang a duet parody of Tina Turner's version of Proud Mary. It was bizarre, to say the very least, and you'll also find a link to that in our show notes. I sat down this week once again with my dear friends Aaron Hale and Nate Williams to talk about all the big winners and losers at that year's Academy Awards. With me again today, my guests from a couple of weeks back, Nate Williams. Nate, welcome back to the show. Luke, I am so excited, man. I've been wanting to do this again ever since we recorded last month's episode. I think you're going to enjoy today's episode. You guys don't know what we're going to talk about. We've also got with us actor, screenwriter, filmmaker, Aaron Hale. Aaron, welcome to the show. Again, great to be here. This is an excellent episode for you to be here because what yeah. we were talking about today, 30 years ago this week, was the 61st annual Academy Awards. Wow. Ooh, so Oscars. this was the 91st this year. Correct. Yeah, okay, so, 30, so 61st. 30 years. Wow. Yeah, 61 years of the Academy Awards. And there's some big winners here. There's some like pretty iconic winners this year at the Academy Awards. And I just want to share some of those with you, and then we'll follow the path of wherever that conversation leads. Okay. So Yeah, great. I'm going to tell you three movies that were up for best makeup. Not a category we probably normally celebrate, but I think you guys will have memories of all three of these of course. movies. Yeah, okay. go for it. So I'll give you the losers first. One, a movie that we talked about last time you were here, Scrooged, okay. which I love. For best makeup, yeah. Coming to America, oh, Lost. Oh, One of my favorite movies. They're making a third. Did you, I mean, a second. <laughs> They're, they're skipping they're the second and making a third. That's amazing. They're making a second one. I didn't year. know that. Is yeah. Arsenio? Yeah, Eddie, everybody is going to be in it. That's amazing. I can't wait. I hope there is That's Jerry Curl in that movie. Of all time. Fantastic. Just let your soul glow. Go on. <laughs> that's amazing. So that's our two losers. There's only three people nominated in this category. The winner, a film which I am confident you will both have strong memories of. Beetlejuice. Oh, oh yeah. Of course it won. They're making a second Beetlejuice this year also. <laughs> I know that. Of course that one won Best Makeup. But here's what's funny. Beetlejuice, which I love that movie. I've always loved that movie. It's amazing to me that you know we're coming up on the time of 1989 when Michael Keaton played Batman, which was huge. They're both Tim Burton movies, too. That's true. But the fact that the movies that Michael Keaton made before playing Batman were Beetlejuice and the dream team, both of which he's like ridiculous and you know silly. Yeah, he was a very comedic, silly yeah. actor back then. Yeah, I remember that being a big deal. Wow. We'll get into that when we get into the Batman episode, which is just you know a month or two away at this point. But so, best makeup, Beetlejuice. I thought that was awesome. Mm. This film won best visual effects and best film editing. Let me tell you the losers first. So first for best visual effects, our losers are Die Hard. Okay. Mm-hmm. One of my all-time favorite Great films. Great movie. Yeah. Watched it a couple times. Yeah. They're making, a, they're making another sequel to that this year as well. Seriously, it's called McLean. This is 2019, friends. <laughs> there are no more original ideas. There are no ideas. original ideas anymore. And Willow. Willow. Willow just recently released. Like, I know. and I HD version or 4K. Yeah, and I showed it to my kids for the first time not long ago. I they, need to buy it. I haven't it. seen it in forever, but they loved Val it. Val Kilmer. 
Yeah, so Mad Mardigan, dude. Yeah, so those are our two you losers. Like Willow? That's one. Never seen it. You never seen Willow. No, you would never hate seen it if you Willow. watched it now. <laughs> it's true. Okay, so before I tell you the winner, because it's the same winner in best film editing, let me tell you who lost in best film editing. We had Die Hard again. Okay. We had Rain Man. Yes. Oh, great one. Amazing film. Actually, definitely the number great. one definitely, definitely film great. in the box office again this week in 1989. We had Mississippi Burning. Uh-huh. Now, I don't think I've ever seen that. I don't think I have either. I remember hearing that title all the time, yeah, but yeah. I think it was rated Gene beyond Hackman. what I could watch. Yeah. Who's like pushing 90 years old. Can you believe now, that? Yeah, yeah, I know. He's been retired for a I while. I tried to look him up to get an interview with him, and he's... Oh, my... It would be amazing. If you were to get an interview with Gene Hackman... But he hasn't I done would. an interview since like 2010 or something. I he's, love Gene Hackman. Oh, he's incredible. Ugh. I would only want to talk Hoosiers, though, which has nothing to do with anything. Hoosiers? Yeah. What about... Uh, or Royal Tenenbaums? Yeah, or, uh, well, yeah, you're right. Or... Uh, Another great Enemy movie with him in it. Oh, Enemy of the State. Oh. Another great movie with him in it, though, is Heartbreakers. Not a great movie, but he is amazing in that. I'll take your word for it. You're an actor. So our other loser in that category, Gorillas in the Mist. Sigourney Weaver, yeah. 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 Was she playing Jane Goodall in this movie? Or was I don't she think it's Jane Goodall. Like that. It's like something like that. It's something like that. I don't think it's Jane Goodall, though. So the winner in both of those categories. What is this category again? So we had Best Visual Effects. And Editing. And Best editing. Film Editing. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Oh. <laughs> also one for best sound effects editing. Once again, up against Die Hard and Willow. I saw this movie in the theater with all of my extended family, and we annoyed everyone in the theater because we were laughing so hard. I remember being the loudest people in the theater, and I remember looking around and everyone around being so annoyed, and I was obsessed with Roger Rabbit. We went to Disney World later that year. Yeah. And I met Rod the Roger Rabbit. <laughs> no, they had but they had all the props from the movie. I was obsessed with it. It was Loved incredible. Roger Rabbit. It was incredible. Movie. And you know, there just haven't been a lot of movies since then mm-hmm. that had the sort of real life and animated mixed yeah. thing going. And yeah. maybe maybe because they just they already did it the best. So well I, and this already talking about Beetlejuice, the just out of the ordinary, completely different than everything. So yeah. so Same bizarre. Yeah. yeah. Well I'm sure there's a Roger Rabbit sequel coming too <laughs> they're probably they're it would be sure. weird to see jessica rabbit now though i feel like yeah. she would have she's probably aged quite a bit <laughs> but i think 89 was the year where she won the award for the most first directions of little yes. kids <laughs> i think that was the year she won i don't think that was the televised part of the academy award it's behind paywall yeah <laughs> Why don't you do that like some other men? Okay, so we're going to skip several of these of these categories. The big winner in like literally most of the different categories that year was Dangerous. And the winner of Best Childhood Direct. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. It's so good to me. That's such a good joke. I had to keep playing okay. it. Right in the middle of the setup, though. I appreciate that. Dangerous Liaisons was the big winner. It's a movie I've never seen. I don't care about. It just does not look like something I could. I don't know that I've never one. heard of it. I remember my mom seeing it when I was a kid. That it's was very, Best like, Picture of the Year? No, it was not oh. Best Picture, but it got like uh, Best Screenplay Based on Material from Another Medium. Who, what, these what is this? What, I think that is now Best this? Adapted Screenplay. Wow. It won a lot of awards. Dangerous Liaisons. Let's see. Best Supporting Actor that year. We had... Roger Rabbit. River Phoenix. <laughs> River Phoenix was up for it. Didn't get it. Kevin Klein for A Fish Called Wanda. Do you know who Kevin Klein is married to? Yes. 
Phoebe, Phoebe Cates. Cates. That's right. Oh, oh my gosh! Yeah. Ridgemont. There we go. Forgot about that. Still to this day. Since '89, I think. I mean, like for a long time they've been married. Yeah. Lucky son of a gun. <laughs> God. So, best picture will be an easy one, I think, for you guys to guess. Give I'll us tell the, you. Give, it, give us the yeah. Okay, so the nominees are the Accidental Tourist, Dangerous Liaisons, Mississippi Burning. Working Girl and Rain Man. Rain Man. It's Rain Man. Obviously, Rain yeah. Man. One of the greatest films Tom Cruise ever made. Yeah, yeah. And Dustin Hoffman, obviously a master in that movie. Brilliant. He is one of my favorite actors of all time. I would like to watch that movie with 2019 sensibilities. Right. And see yeah, if they pulled that off, how it aged. Yeah, yeah I, think that's, it's, that's I think it's probably still great. You think? I think so. I don't know. Don't, Police Academy, 1989. Don't, don't count. <laughs> I mean, Tom Cruise's character was a slime ball in that movie. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, but there was a sweetness to that relationship. Oh, I haven't seen this movie in so long. It's so good. But Dustin Hoffman is an incredible actor. Yeah. I recently watched, or I acted out a scene from, what's the movie with Will Ferrell that they're in together? Will Ferrell. Stranger Than Fiction? Stranger Than Fiction. Dustin Hoffman's so amazing in that. Just little bitty things. Anyway. You'll be glad to know then that he also won Best Actor that year. Of course he did. For his role as Raymond Babbitt yeah. in Rain Man. Losers in that category. Now, this was a stacked category. Bob Hoskins for Roger Rabbit. The first one, I don't know. Max von Sydow. Sydow, yeah. I don't for know Jesus? Pelly the Conqueror. Oh. I don't know that film. But Edward James Olmos for Stand and Deliver. Jaime Escalante, man. Yeah, of course. Yes. I remember watching that film in school. They That's... made us watch it in school. Yes, and it was incredible. That. Why did they make us watch that in school? Because they did it in my school, too. Because yeah. they let you know that math was important. Here's, here's our other nominees for Best Actor. Gene Hackman for Mississippi Burning, mm, you've already said. You love Gene Hackman. You love Gene Hackman. Tom Hanks for Big Oh, wow. he was I mean, so good. I recently watched any that with- other year. He would have won that Oscar. Yeah. Not against Dustin Hoffman and Rain Man. Any of those others. He's, he has I showed to my kids this there. movie not long ago. Also, he is. Incredible. They're making a sequel. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I just like the whole time I was watching it recently. I was just like, I kept saying to my wife, like, he is so perfect in that movie. Incredible. They could make the sequel 30 years later, but he becomes Little. small. And he, he redoes. It's for sure going to happen. Yeah, oh, L-I-L man. apostrophe. <laughs> Best director that year, once again for Rain Man, Barry Levinson. Losers in that category, Fish Called Wanda. I need to see was that. Was Tom Cruise nominated for Best Supporting Actor? No. Best Actress was Jodie Foster for a film called The Accused. Now, I think Jodie Foster she, is that's a the one where phenomenal she, actress, but I, I've never seen that film. It's disturbing to watch. Really? If I remember correctly, it's the one where she's like gang raped. Yeah, I'm probably not going to watch that one. Yeah, not something that you want to. She was young. Her like monologue at the end of Contact. This one, oh, I think I realized I she's love brilliant. That movie. Just that one particular scene, though, is just it's beautiful. She's really good in Silence of the Lambs. Watched that recently. Losers in that category: Sigourney Weaver for Gorillas in the Mist, Meryl Streep, Melanie Griffith. And Glenn Close, who lost again this right. year, continues to be a loser. Who, what, what, okay. <laughs> No offense. Glenn Ms. Close, you Ms. suck. Close. <laughs> Let's get her on the show. Now, here's something interesting. So, Best Supporting Actress was won by Gina Davis for The Accidental Tourist. Up against Joan Cusack, Frances McDormand, Michelle Pfeiffer. But get this, Sigourney Weaver. She was up for Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress. So, Girl really? Different and, movie. and then for Working Girl. Wow. How weird is that? That can't be a very Melanie common Griffith thing. was in there for Working Girl too, right? She was up for Best Actress for Working Girl. Joan yeah. Cusack was Best Supporting Actress for Working Girl. Wow! 
But that can't be a very common thing for a single actress right. to be up for that's cool. both categories. Good for, for her. Movies. That's yeah. great. Big year. What won Best Animated Feature? <laughs> that probably wasn't an, even a category back then. I don't think it was. Best Animated oh, no, uh, Short. Best Animated Short was Ten Toy. Never heard of that. No cultural relevance. Those people made no splash. <laughs> Ten Toy, man. <laughs> no Why'd you even try that year? <laughs> Man, best screenplay written directly for the screen. <laughs> I love that now they're just best original screenplay, best adapted screenplay. They What's used to be the best so original? What was the best original? Best original was Rain Man again, but it was also up against Big, A Fish Called Wanda, Running on Empty, and Bull Durham. I Bull Durham. Bull Durham. I had no idea That's that Tim was up Robbins? for Oscar. Kevin Costner? Yeah. Kevin Costner. So good. And Susan Sarandon's in that. That's, where, that where, uh, that's where Robbins and Sarandon That's what met. I was going to ask. Yeah. Yeah, so eight Big. nominations for Rain Man, seven nominations for Dangerous Liaisons and Mississippi Burning, six for Who Framed Roger Rabbit. That's amazing. I mean, I always just thought of that as a kid's movie. It had six nominations. That was a big deal when that came out. Man, that's wild. Five for Gorillas in the Mist. How many for Big? Four for Die Hard. Only two for Big. There's a pretty incredible list of presenters this year at the Oscars. So Tom Selleck, Melanie Griffith, Don Johnson, Jane Fonda, Robert Downey Jr., Sybil Shepard, who I used to love, Sybil Shepard, Patrick Swayze, Olivia Newton-John. I love that you used to love Sybil Shepard. Because I used to watch Moonlighting because I thought Bruce Willis was so cool. Do y'all remember Moonlighting? Yeah, of course. I used to get Sybil Shepard and Kathleen Turner. You remember her? She was like hot stuff, and what happened there? (laughs) Hot stuff. I didn't follow anything in that sentence. Kathleen Turner? Let's start with who's Kathleen Turner. Oh, man. Okay, well, I'm so glad to have had you guys on again. I look forward to bringing you back in the future. Nate, we're definitely going to have you back on to talk about Saved by the Bell. Yes, oh my gosh, yes. Set aside a couple hours. Yeah. And uh, you're definitely going to have me back for it. Aaron, it's been fun. Aaron... (laughs) Glad to have you for Good this final. Good luck to you in the future, Aaron. <laughs> this final episode. <laughs> Thank you guys for hanging out. We'll see you next time. See Bye. Ya. There was another sweet moment at those Oscars in which comedy legends Bob Hope and Lucille Ball introduced another very long, very strange, star-studded musical number. Less than a month later, at the age of 77... Lucy passed away. She was one of a kind, and her impact on the entertainment world will never be forgotten. As I mentioned at the start of the episode, we'll be recording a live episode of 30 Pop, celebrating the upcoming 30th anniversary of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade at Comic Palooza in Houston, May 10th through the 12th. We'll also be recording segments for later in the year, discussing Back to the Future 2 and Tim Burton's Batman. So if you're in or near Houston, Texas, be sure to join us. There's a link in the show notes to purchase your passes for Comic Palooza 2019. Before I sign off, I want to share our latest five-star review from Apple Podcasts. This one from iTunes user Stevie B Music. The subject, making me a better mom. It says, 30 years ago, I was 14. Today, I have a 14-year-old daughter. Reliving the highs and lows of 1989 reminds me of just how important some of those cultural touchstones have been in my life. I'd like to think I'm a little more patient with my daughter's breathless YouTube reviews because of it. Thanks, Luke. It's brilliant. Well, thank you, Stevie B Music. I can't tell you how much I appreciate your encouraging words and your help getting 30 Pop out there. If you want to help us too and enter to win some fun giveaways, please take a minute to leave your own five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I really can't tell you how much it helps us to find new listeners. 
Also, as always, follow us on all the social media channels and partner with 30 Pop at the Patreon link in the show notes for access to lots of fun deleted scenes and bonus content from this and other Mill U Media Group podcasts. I'll be back next week, friends, but until then, in the words of Charlie Babbitt, bet two for good. 30 Pop is produced, edited, and mixed by me, Luke Bronner. Our artwork is by the amazing Heather Hale. To check out more shows from Mill U Media Group, visit millumedia.com, which is linked in the show notes for this episode. And if you have a story from 1989 that you want to share on the air, email 30poppodcast at gmail.com.